My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. I don't know if you know this about your pastor, but he does not like roller coasters. Not at all. I, I, I don't mind going up. It's that plummet down. You know, they say it's not the pace of life I mind. It's the sudden stop at the end. My problem is every youth group I've ever pastored and every child I've ever sired loves roller coasters. So I have been on every roller coaster at Great Adventure, at Dorney Park, at her I've been on them all. But I don't like them. So one day we're down at Steel Pier in Atlantic City with my daughter. And they had that new thing. It's called the slingshot. Have you seen this? It's a big steel ball with two seats in it, and they strap you in, and it's got bungee cords attached, and it shoots you 160 feet in the air. It's like a reverse bungee cord. Diana says, I want to go. Dad says, not in a million years. Her mom said, I'm not going. You have to take the child. So... The man who hates that plummet is strapped into the chair next to his beautiful daughter, who is excited as she could be. Now, I want you to know that when I ride a roller coaster or the slingshot, I find a place to wedge my knees in. I wedge my arms in. I grab the steel bar and I look like this. Now, you can't see this on the recording, but my face is scrunched up and my eyes are closed. And off it goes. It counts down. Three, two, one, and they release this bungee cord and they shoot Diana and I 160 feet in the air. Now it's nighttime, so I, I open my eyes and I look and the stars were getting closer. That wasn't too bad. I enjoyed that. We got to the very top and the steel ball turns over and now we're looking straight down at the steel pier from 160 feet in the air. Oh my Lord. I'm still holding on. And these words come out of my mouth. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, there's a video camera down on the steel pier where the people who are getting to ride can watch. Diana has her arms in the air, her hair is flying, and she's going, woo! And Dad is wedged in, saying the 23rd Psalm. Yay, though I travel through the valley of the shadow of death. Down on the bottom, her mom is watching, and the people are like, what is he doing? And she says, oh my God, he's praying. It goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. And they click you back in, click. One of the most glorious sounds I've ever heard in my life. And the man runs over and he says, for $10, you can do it again. I said, get me off of this thing. Now, why do I tell you that? Has anybody ever bungee jumped? We'll pray for you, Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> right? They put you in the harness and they push you off a building or a cliff or a bridge. I have no interest in that. But the story is told of Alexander the Great, who we know conquered the known world at the time. And the story is told that he came to a city, a great walled city. And it was on the top of a mountain next to a cliff. And uh, they had a parley. The king of the, the city came out, and Alexander was there with his men. 
And the king laughed at him. He said, why should I surrender to you? You can't do us any harm. Alexander said to the king, watch this. And he lined his men up in a straight line towards the cliff, and he said, march. And one by one, they marched to their death off the end of the cliff. After 10 men, Alexander the Great told them to stop. And the king surrendered. You may wonder, why did the king surrender? This is what the king said. He said he realized that if a few men were actually willing to commit suicide at the command of their king, then nothing would stop his eventual victory. They were willing to give their life for their king. Now, you know that I follow the liturgical calendar, and, and it's not really a Baptist thing to do, but it's a doc thing to do, and this is the end of the church year. This is the Sunday we call Christ the King Sunday. This is the day that we remember that Christ is coming back to be our king, that he died and rose again for us, and we have this reminder before next week we go back to remembering Christ as a little baby. It's the time for us to stop and remember who we are before we start that church year all over again. So then we have to ask, because we don't have a king, we have presidents, some of them like, some of us like them, some of us don't, some of us don't care. But a king is different. A king has total authority, total control, and demands total devotion. Today we're going to look at Christ the King with two uh, points of view. The first one is a reminder of our place in the kingdom, and the second is our opportunity to resolve for the new year. Because next Sunday is the new year of the church. We start all over again. So I have to ask, are you totally committed to your king? If Jesus is your Lord and Savior and your king, and if you need to do a checkup from the neck up, you have to ask, does my date book reflect my devotion to the king? Does my checkbook demand my devotion to king? And and now in the, in the year 2022, we have to ask the question, does my browsing history reflect my devotion to the king? If Jesus were to ask you to walk off a cliff, would you do it? Would you give your life for the king? In one of my favorite books, In His Steps by Charles Sheldon, several fictional characters do just that. They ask the question we've all heard, what would Jesus do? In essence, they walked off a cliff. They put their lives and their families in jeopardy. The, uh, the editor of the newspaper says he won't put any more alcohol and tobacco ads in, and he, he does just a little tiny piece on the prize fight because he doesn't think that's a Christian activity. And uh, the investors, the uh, advertisers begin to pull out and he has to totally rework the idea of the newspaper. The uh, man in charge of the local railroad finds out that there are union leaders and uh, railroad leaders who are, being, who are corrupt, and he turns them in. Now, he starts Bible studies and working with the men, but he actually loses his position because they'd rather get rid of the troublemaker than get rid of the trouble. Now, the one that really speaks to me is there's a beautiful opera singer who's offered a contract at the Metropolitan, which you got to know, folks, would be 
One of my dreams. I would love to at least once sing on the stage of the Met. However, she feels called to give up her contract to sing, to go work with an evangelist and sing for free to people who need to hear the gospel. Where can God take you if you let him? Some of us are so focused on our path every day, step by step, that we don't take the time to look up and see what God has for us. I, I know about you, but it happens to me almost every fall. And you know, fall is my favorite season. But I'm driving to work, or I'm driving home, or driving to church. You know, I, I spend close to 12 hours a week in my car. That's how I get so many books read, on audible on tape. And usually there comes a time when I go, oh my goodness, the trees have changed. But they, it doesn't happen instantly. It's happened over time, and I missed it. There's one tree near us so beautiful that Vicki, I know, was going the same way, and I said, you've got to notice this tree. The whole tree went sort of golden, amber, yellowish, orange. It was, it was unique, and it was gorgeous, and those leaves hung on for weeks. It was gorgeous. But if we're always looking step to step, and we never stop to see where God is taking us, we're missing the vision. We can see the vision if we take time to pray about the choices we make, the checks we write, and the forgiveness we give to others. I don't know what your cliff is. I don't know what God is asking you to give up, but your king asks you to be willing to sacrifice yourself for him. It might be money, or time, or job, or family, or ministry, or hobbies, or health. But the king says, follow me, give your life for me. Remember, he said, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Now, this is the end of the church year. Advent begins next week. Why don't you, between now and next week, ask the king what he wants from you specifically? I know that when I was a young Christian, I used to promise every year, I'm going to read my Bible more, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to give more. And those are what I would call general resolutions, right? Look at all the people who say, I'm going to lose weight next year. And the first resolution on the following year is, I'm going to lose weight this year. Or I'm going to save more money this year. We, those are general. The king has a plan, a purpose, and a road for everybody in this room. But if we don't know what it is, even though we know Jesus, we're still lost. First thing, ask the king what he wants from you specifically. And this is where meditation comes in. I hope that in your prayer time, it's not always you talking to God, but you take some time to let God talk to you. Here's the second one. This is, it's getting harder here. Give the king whatever he asks. It could be a life change. It could be a faith change. It could be a relationship change. It could be a, a life-changing, blessed change. But if we're, again, focused on our step-by-step -step and not looking up, we may not see the opportunity to change. Now, I'm, I'm challenging you not to make resolutions like the world does because they say that, what is it, by the third week in February... All of the resolutions we made are gone. 
These are resolutions that say, I'm willing to walk off that cliff for you. Or, in the case of this dad, I'm willing to strap myself into a steel ball and shoot myself 160 feet in the air. Why? Because I love my daughter. Jesus says, strap yourself in, we're going for a ride. Are you willing to go for that ride with him? If the great physician took a spiritual stethoscope to your heart, what would he hear? I found this story, and I'd like to close with this. In December 1997, you may remember, a young man in West Paducah, Kentucky, took a gun to school and killed seven of his classmates. Parents came from all over the community, and they were frantically praying what every other parent was praying. Not my child. Please don't let anything happen to my child. Timothy J. Kennedy tells the story of one mother whose prayer wasn't answered that day. Her son died in the shooting, and in spite of her shock and grief, the mother didn't hesitate when doctors asked if she would donate her son's organs. Many months passed, and the mother discovered her son's heart had gone to a Methodist preacher. She contacted him and asked that they could meet. On the day of their meeting, the grieving mother and the grateful pastor talked and prayed and celebrated the life of the precious son who had died. And the mother asked one last question. She said, can I put my ear to your heart so I could hear my son's heart beating one more time? Jesus died so we can live unencumbered by the weight of our sin. God wants to give each of us a new heart, one filled with his son, Jesus. God wants us to get rid of spiritual ugliness in our lives, and some of us still have work to do or resolutions to make. But the good news is God loves us and helps us work on it at our own pace. In essence, like the book Charles Sheldon wrote, we all should be asking every day, if Jesus were me, what would I do? Or better yet, if God were listening to my heart, would he hear Jesus? Amen.